recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. I hope you've been having a great morning this morning because can I tell you God is at work <laughs> I'm so encouraged um, even though both Michael and Ajay have stole one of my scriptures and Rohan word for word says the very thing that we're going to focus on this morning I am so encouraged because God is already at work in our hearts and Andrew the songs that he picked this morning the Holy Spirit has been at work and I really want to encourage us this morning uh, no matter where we are to sit up and take notice at what he might be wanting to say to us father we bless you we adore you and we come before you this morning with our hearts and our spirits open to what you want to say to us in these moments. We thank you that you've been speaking so clearly to us already through Holy Spirit. So please make our ears prop up even more for what he has to say. And we ask all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So just in case you don't know who I am, because I'm wearing a mask, my name is Dash, and um, I've been coming to PCC for about six years now, and it's been a wonderful journey. But one of the things that marks my journey of coming to PCC is this idea that I want to speak to you this morning about. Um, we've been looking the last two weeks about embracing change and about crisis and how do we live in this time um, that we can see around us is full of crises as we've even prayed this morning the world seems to be in a state of crisis we as a state in New South Wales seems to be in a state of crisis as so is Melbourne at this stage and change is all around us. Every week, the last month, we've had to adapt to some kind of change. Um, and so it can be really difficult. It can be really unsettling. And sometimes we can think that crises and change are just bad things or difficult things. But crises and change can be good things as well. And often, crisis and change form the most or the, the defining moments in our lives and they're good things they're points that we look back to and we go I saw God's faithfulness in that like we prayed this praise God this morning we saw God answer prayers in those situations or I am who I am because of that thing that happened good or bad and so I just really want us to spend a little bit of time this morning unpacking a little bit more what we've been hearing the last two weeks. Um, and, you know, crisis and change is more a part of our lives than we realize. It's around us 
and it's part of our everyday lives. And like Rahan was saying, we have to let go of things in order to be able to embrace something else. And that's part of how we embrace crisis, and that's how we embrace change. But the thing is, sometimes it's easier to do than other times. Sometimes it takes a lot of effort. Other times it's not so hard to do. And sometimes it's a short process. Other times it's a long process. So let's look at some examples. I'm trying to be, I'm going to try and be very practical this morning, just so that we have time in this moment to really think and reflect and listen to what Holy Spirit is saying. And I'm hoping that even the last week, as you've been in Connect Groups, for those of you that have been a part of Connect Groups, that you've explored a little bit more about embracing change. And hoping this morning that just a few more practical thoughts and ideas will help us actually apply things and put things into practice over the next two weeks so that we can learn to embrace change, but learn more than anything to embrace God in the change or in our crisis. So let's think of some examples. Every day when we wake up, we make a choice, whether we let go of our bed covers and we embrace getting out of bed. Especially in winter, I find that very challenging. Another thing that we do is that we might be used to doing things a certain way. So it's not always easy to let go of the way we do things to embrace a new way of things. When Hillary and I first got married, we had this discussion about washing up. And which is the best way to wash up. You might be able to think of other ways. Um, another way that we have to let go of things and embrace new things is that as human beings, most of us tend to choose the path of least resistance. We don't really embrace the path with extra work. You know, for example, when we're cooking, you know, we might just decide to cook the same recipe the same way. Or we might just be happy doing the bare minimum for a school assignment. Or we might be happy to skip the readings for our weekly uni lectures. Or when we go for a walk, we might just decide to take the path that everybody walks on rather than the roundabout way that has, you know, not so much so well. Or it could be something more personal, like having to have a difficult conversation with someone um, that you just keep putting off and putting off because you don't want to lose favor with them. Or it could be opening your heart and being honest about something that you're finding difficult. Um, or it could be just, you know, even spending time with our kids. You know, we take the easy way out rather than connecting, trying to connect at their, at their level. We're usually looking for the latest hack and the shortcut and the cheat notes because who wants to do, who wants to work harder? We're always talking about working smarter, which is not a bad thing, <laughs> but it often stunts our ability to learn, to grow, to embrace change, to be creative and to be innovative. 
So personally, I, like, I, I do this with exercise. I don't mind exercise, but I prefer to go for long walks, take the stairs, park at a further spot and walk to the shopping center rather than have to go to the gym or do a, the same exercise routine every day. Um, sorry, John, but that's just who I am. Most, and the other way is that most of us are just creatures of habit and comfort, right? Whether it's coffee or the brand of moisturizer we use, uh, what we order from a menu in the restaurant, the kind of holidays that we go on, what style font we like to use in a document, for example. You know, um, even our personal routines, <laughs> you know, we don't like to change things too much, too often. We like the comfort and security of predictability. And can I say that even the most creative and innovative people among us, there are some things that even you do the same every day. For example, think about this. We're gonna get really practical. When you brush your teeth, if you brush your teeth this morning, when you brush your teeth, do you brush it the same way every day? When you put your shoes on, do you always put your right foot on first or your left foot on first? When you're driving somewhere, do you take the same route to get to that place? So you might be creative in a whole bunch of things, but there are some things we all do because we're just creatures of habit. So here's a mini challenge, and I'd love for you to think about this, a practical application. What if, what if for the next three days, you do things a little bit differently, intentionally? For example, you know we're all in lockdown. What about having dinner at breakfast and having your breakfast meal at dinner? What about wearing your pajamas during the day and wearing dress clothes to go to bed. What about, here's a radical idea, what about sitting at a different seat at your dining table for the next three days? I know, it's the craziest thing, right? It would be a great experiment for you to do with a buddy or even as a connect group. You know, what a great challenge. And then talk about your experiment afterwards. And just it'll be so interesting to see what was hard to embrace, whether it was brushing your teeth or changing which foot you put your shoes on, or whether it was actually having dinner at breakfast time. And the interesting thing is, and this is where it gets a bit personal, even as I've been talking, some of you are already going, wow, I think I'd like to try that. And other people are going, I don't think so. Like, what, what is wrong? Like, why are you messing my day? Can I lovingly suggest that even the fact that we decide whether we're going to give room to consider an idea or not, we're already deciding whether we're going to embrace something 
or not, whether we're going to let go of something or not. Okay. Now I want to say that some of you are definitely more adventurous than the rest of us. And you thrive on new experiences. You're not afraid to go boldly where nobody else wants to go. But you know, it's one thing to try new foods. It's another thing to discover new hiking trails. It's even a different thing investing in a new super fund that you've never invested before. And can I say, even moving house, or moving to a new state, or moving to another country, some of these changes are huge. They're massive. But sadly, they can remain external changes for us. What I'd like to really focus on this morning and try and get us thinking about is the internal changes, the things that often God is really tugging at our hearts about. I'm talking about things that affect our personal comfort zone, like reaching out to somebody that we wouldn't normally reach out to or talking to somebody that we wouldn't normally talk to. I'm talking about our personal preferences that stop us from stepping out for God. I'm talking about the ways that we think that limit the awareness of the stories of people around us. For example, like listening to a different perspective on a topic and not having any personal judgment about it. I'm even talking about our relationship with God. Like being willing to take steps to go deeper in our relationship with him at this moment, in this time. Like giving up sinful habits. Or investing more time and making room for God, for God's word, and even just being with him. Why are some of these things hard for us to embrace? or to let go? It's a really good question for us to think about. One of the things that I've discovered, and I'm still learning for myself in my own experiences of letting go and embracing, is that I'm usually quite excited to embrace things that will benefit me and things that will keep me comfortable. I don't enjoy embracing things that are uncomfortable or that are unknown to me, that are not familiar. Essentially, if they're not familiar, if they're not predictable, if it's not going to be beneficial for me, then I'm not often excited about it because it means that I can't be in control. But as soon as I have to step into unknown territory, it means that I can't rely on what I know. I can't rely on what's comfortable and what's familiar. 
I have to be alert. I have to learn. I have to trust. I have to grow. And I feel like I have to start all over again. I wonder, is it the same for you? Have you ever thought about why it's hard to let go and embrace Sometimes we use the excuse of age. I'm too old. Or you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I don't think the Bible says that anywhere. So I don't think we can hide behind that. And then, especially when it comes to the things of God, we try to hide behind statements like, oh, God never changes. It's true, God does not change. He is the same. His words remain forever. Heaven and earth might pass away, but God's words remain forever. But his ways and his thoughts are not our ways and not our thoughts. And that is open to change. And it's beyond what we would ever know. We don't want to set any boundaries on God's methods lest we become like the Pharisees where we uphold God's word so much that we actually elevate it above God himself. That would be a scary place to be. When we consider the idea of letting go and embracing the new, perhaps we're afraid of falling through that gap in between and ending up in a terrible mess. Perhaps we would be willing to take more risks if we were confident of a safety net a safety net that would catch us if we were to fall through the gap. Perhaps we would be willing to let go of the comfort or the comfortable and even consider the uncomfortable if we knew that God is in that gap and that he's willing to hold us through the transition and bring us through to the other side. Perhaps God has already provided a safety net for us through his precious promises and we need just to let go of the promises that we make to ourselves and exchange the uncertain for the certain. Think about that just for a moment while I invite a special guest to come and share their story this morning. Good morning, church. For those who don't know me, I'm Yuvraj. My wife's name is Sheila. Uh, we've been blessed with two kids, Vivash and Cheryl. We've been here part of PCC Church for about five years now. It's been an amazing journey for us. 
I'm here to share what God has been doing in my life, especially in my career. Kind of aligns with what Darsh is actually um, speaking about in the last um, 10 minutes, right? Eight years back, we moved to Australia with a family on a work visa, right? Everyone does it like we all come here as migrants. I was working as a software engineer for a major retailer, but on a contracting basis, right? As years passed on, I was doing great and delivered some top quality work and projects. My profession started to become very competitive, right? So I had to sacrifice my family time and my time with God. And this is all just to be a star at work. I wanted everyone to help me, right? Um, yeah. I was looking for people's approval and appreciation instead of God's acceptance. A couple of years back, there was a sermon on idolatry at work at PCC, preached by Hillary. And I think there was one other sermon about usage of power at work. A lot of thoughts stirred my mind and made me to realize that I'm actually worshiping my work. Work is my idol. We also had a great conversation at our connect group about this over and over. It really opened my eyes that I changed my ways of working. It was a huge step to begin with, and I started to seek Holy Spirit's wisdom to guide and lead my way. So, what changed? I started to spend time with my family. It was a hard step, right? And I no longer look for someone else's endorsement. I was surprised to see that people no longer look for my work, they started to look at my character, how it changed. A few weeks back, I resigned from this job and I found a new opportunity to move on. Miraculously, the same organization where I was working as a contractor offered me a permanent role, which has never happened to me or which has never happened to anyone in the history of that organization. It kind of made me to think, well, is this work a permanent thing? It is not. Where God was permanent, his work was permanent. You know, I wasn't sure if I'm worthy enough to receive this blessing from God, but the undeniable fact is that if we take tiny steps to understand God's word and follow him, God will surely take thousand steps in his own things, right? If I ever feel like I'm gonna fall in the same pit again, I think um, Dash kind of explained it, the safety net. I'm pretty sure that God will be there to hold. I praise God for this wonderful opportunity uh, to honor and glorify him. Thank you. Thank you, Yuvi. God is our safety net. I mean, I encourage you, text UV, call him, ask him to give you more details about the story. There's so much more. It's not as easy as he made it sound. But it was a work in progress over two, three years. Every day choosing to let go in order to embrace. Let go of what I want to embrace what God wants. John Stott, in his devotional book, 
that's called Through the Bible, Through the Year, talks about five unshakable convictions in one of the readings. And that's where we're going to focus our attention on this morning. So please turn with me to Romans 8, 28. And here's another encouragement because people in the prayer meeting this morning were praying different parts of this verse. So encouraging when Holy Spirit wants to talk to us. So the five convictions, let's read the verse first. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We know this scripture so well and we love to quote it, but I'm hopeful that today we will be reminded and comforted by the convictions that we can learn from this one verse. So the five things that we can learn from this verse, the convictions that we can have, is that number one, God is at work in our lives. Number two, God works for the good of his people. Number three, God works for the good of his people in all things. All things, there's no exception. God is at work for those who love him. God is at work for those who are called according to his purpose. I find it really interesting that there's a distinction. Not just those who love him, but those who are called according to his purpose. Paul assures us that God is at work in these five ways, whether we see it, whether we know it, whether we understand it, in every circumstance. All the times when we cannot feel or see God at work. And I think, I think we were, that's the song that was on this morning before the service even started. A Waymaker. When we can't see or feel God at work, he's still working on behalf of those who belong to him because we're united to him in Christ Jesus. Whether it's the good, the bad, the comfortable, the uncomfortable, the painful, the joyful, the fair, the unfair, the seen, the unseen, the small, the big, God is at work for those who not only belong to him, that is his people, but also those who love him. And the difference here, I think, is that you can love God. You can, you can be united with God in Christ Jesus, but you might not be willing to obey him. And that's where that idea of our willingness to let go and to embrace comes. Jesus said in John 14, 23 and 24. He said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. 
I think it's very clear there that if we love Jesus, we will obey his words. And the only way that we can show our love is when we obey his words, when we keep his commandments. Love equals obedience. I mean, I don't know about you, but I grew up hearing that. If you love your parents, you will obey them. I mean, yeah. But it's true for God. If you love God, you will obey him. Often we take this verse and these truths to mean that God will work everything for our good in the ways that we think are good and fair and the best. But Paul is clear that God is at work on behalf of those who are doing God's will according to his ways. And that's where the scripture that Ajay and Michael mentioned this morning, and I thought, should we read it? I think we should read it again, because clearly God wants us to hear it. So turn with me to Ephesians 2, and we'll read from verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that we have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Here's the key verse. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's amazing. You know, two weeks ago, Hillary talked about the idea of the trapeze artist, and we looked at that illustration. And I just want us to have a look at this picture for a moment. I'd like to ask you, as you're looking at this picture, to imagine yourself standing at the side on the top of the pedestal board. You're waiting there to take off on one of the flying bars. Now, it'll be a miracle for some of us to even do that, but so let's say by God's grace that we've swung off the board and our next move is to transition from the bar that we're holding onto to where the catcher is. All the time, we're swinging. And I just want you to imagine, what if that the person waiting on the other bar is God? God is our partner. In our, in our life, if we think of it as a trapeze act, God is our partner. So when we let go of the bar 
and reach out to him, he's ready and he's waiting to catch us. And even if we miss the connection because we didn't get the timing right, he will catch us because he's also the safety net on the bottom. Either way, he has got us. He's all of it. So what are we afraid of? Why are we afraid to let go of whatever God is putting on our hearts and challenging us to let go and to embrace him and the opportunities he has got for us? I want us to continue reading to the rest of Romans 8 because we see that God has a plan and his plan has taken into account our past, our present, and our future. We'll start at verse 28 again. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Might not be the things that we want, but it's all things that we need. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Right? So it's not just God who is the catcher waiting to catch us, who is also the safety net, but then he's got Jesus on the sidelines going, come on, I've made the way, I've done this before, you can do it. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, which is important if you're doing a trapeze act, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, if you, like me, are worried that 
your miscalculation, your wrong decision, your actions, your mistakes, even your best decisions are in danger of ruining God's plans in any way, we don't need to be worried. God has already factored all of this in his plans. The plans of the Almighty cannot be thwarted or limited by even the most powerful spiritual forces, according to Romans 8. So why would we think that a momentary disobedience or carelessness or ignorance will do anything of the sort? I mean, if we want to be convinced, let's look at Jonah. He was a prophet. He was a man of God. But, and he willfully disobeyed God, like willfully. But it didn't stop God's plan. Instead, God used Jonah's disobedience to teach Jonah some lessons and to change Jonah. And I think that is the point. The process of us letting go and embracing is more for us to grow, for us to grow in God, for us to know him, for us to discover his protection and his care and his love for us in the unknown, in the scary moments, in the anxiety, in the boredom, in the fear. God uses all of those things to change us for good. But we need to be willing to surrender and submit to his plans. So, let's take a couple of moments. If you can just pause and reflect. What is it that you are finding difficult to let go at this time? What is it? It could be something small, it could be something medium, it could be something really big and obvious. But I am confident you know what Holy Spirit is saying to you right now. And what is it that God is asking you to embrace as you let go? Knowing that he will be there to help you through the gap, that he is your safety net. He will not let you fall and be dashed to pieces. Because he's at work in your life. He's at work for your good. He's at work in all things. He's at work because you're united in Christ and belong to him. And he's at work because your desire is to be obedient to him and to follow after him. What is it?
And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know God at this point in time and you might be searching for the truth, I want to encourage you. He's all around you. He's known you from the day you were born. So perhaps for you, if you're not a Christian today, the thing that you need to let go is your concept of God and go in search in the Bible to understand God as he reveals himself. Start there. Father, we thank you that you are the strongest safety net there will ever be. That nothing, nothing can harm us. Even if our bodies are broken, our spirits and our souls are safe with you that we have the assurance that we will never be separated from your love. We'll never be cast out from your presence. We are always loved and accepted by you. We belong to you. And Lord, you are a good father. Yes. You are a good yes. father who gives us good gifts. Even when we don't think they might be good, you are not someone who will give us a snake or stone when we ask for bread. Help us to understand your love for us even more. Help us to receive your promises Lord, to stand firmly in your word. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.